This show has been about the strange side of wrestling. That was really the point that we wanted to do with this podcast, and that's what we've done. We've you know wanted to show you guys some crazy stuff, some really strange things, and a lot of them, though, kind of hinge on a negative side or kind of a dumb side. Well, this is our last episode of this season, and so we wanted to do something a little different. On this show, we both have picked one of our favorite things that we've ever seen in professional wrestling, and we are here to tell you about it. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. Welcome to Behind the Gorilla. Episode 13, baby. This is uh, This is our season... We'll just call it our season finale. Okay. I like that. That's yeah. optimistic. Because... School's done. Well, school's been done for me, and school's now done for Harris, and so we are both going to be off into the sunset. That's a good way of putting it. I was going to make a joke and say, episode 13, we're going to do this forever, and (laughs) then say, no, we're actually not, but we're not. you already threw it out there. So yeah, a little peek behind the curtain. We've both been in in college these last few years and recording this, and... uh, Started a little late. I feel like we could have started a couple years ago. Well, we didn't know didn't each other think a few about years it. ago. That's well, we could have started last year. It's the origin story. That's true. But we didn't. Didn't think about it. No. It worked out, though. So it did. I feel like this, we we felt like this is a logical conclusion. We're both going to be moving on. At least temporarily. We have, we have real jobs now. Got to do other stuff. We wouldn't be able to get together and do this every week. And, uh, right. You can probably plug that a little bit more, which you're going to be doing at the end if you want yeah, to. Yeah. Well, it's not a huge deal. But... and. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll be able to do something via Skype, maybe a one-off. Who knows? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Maybe if something big happens or if we just have some time. Right now the something. plan is for but, Mark to continue to run the Twitter account until we get famous enough to bring it back in. To be honest, That's I probably won't do much on the Twitter account. I've kind of toned it down and the past couple of weeks I've just been using it to plug the episodes. Oh, that's whatever. Because I pretty much gave up on watching live WWE. I'm glad. That's funny though because I did too. So yeah, this show is going to be a little bit different, kind of our finale episode. So this show is on the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling as you hear at the beginning every single episode. And normally those hinge on obviously ridiculous and usually bad. Yeah. Not not all of them, but most of them end up on the bad side like of things. Like the, the entertainment value we've gotten from a lot of these is watching them 10, 20 years. Right. In a, it's you know, like watching the bad road. movies. In 20 years, who knows? The House of Horrors match might be fun to watch. That's, but when you're that's watching true. It, when you're watching it at the time and it's for the title, that's kind of... It's not entertaining, right? You know, it, no, it's not. So, anyway, we you know it's been great, and it's exactly what you know I we originally set out to do, but for this one we wanted to go a little bit different, and this time we both picked one of our favorite things to happen in mm-hmm. wrestling, and the only stipulation that we had was we had to have watched it. Right. Right. Would you mean like? Or, or did you not live? do that? Yeah, I did do that, so that worked. 
Yeah. I, I, thought, okay. I thought that was what Like it something was. that we... At I, least that's what I... I was, I was, that, that was my stipulation. I was intending on doing that anyway, so yeah. it worked so, out. Yeah. Well, right. also you... That's pretty much your wrestling stuff. Is from that's when true, you started watching, right? So. so you know the thing I've said, this like, because I could have done, I could have done Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes from the eighties. I could have done Goldberg's run. I could have right. done Sting's right. Crow run, or you know, th- there's right. a lot of stuff that I've grown up watching. But I really wanted to focus on something that I actually experienced watching right. live, quote unquote. Yes, live. I was going to say in the moment as a wrestling yeah. fan. Like I've, I've like to say I think of this show as. You know, the moments in wrestling that it's hard to explain to your right. non-wrestling friends. And this episode, this is, I think, as our as our season finale... These are things that you want to show Yes, people. like the things that get you into... Either got you into wrestling, in in a sense, maybe, or keep you into wrestling. Like, literally just re-watching this. I mean, we've already talked about, like, how kind of burnout we are right now. But just re-watching this stuff in the past week, I got so excited because I just... I forgot. You forget sometimes how much fun this stupid show can be yeah you know it's but true this is a show about some of our favorite moments that have ever happened in wrestling the things that maybe got us into it maybe got us back into it and i'm not being cute when i say maybe i don't know what mark is going to talk about or why he picked it but what do you i'm sorry i was going to try to talk through this and i can't what are we plugging in the laptop well i couldn't fit the plug just, properly into the i see one, we're so. just gonna we're just gonna cut this out probably not Okay. Depends on. Uh, That's kind of up to you, well, I suppose. <laughs> it depends on if I forget to edit it or not. Like last <laughs> week, I totally forgot, and then I was ready. I, you know, I had to get up at like five thirty a.m. for work. I was all yeah. ready to go to bed. It was like midnight, and then and I just popped like, nope. up and was like, "Nope." Podcast comes out tomorrow. I've had the audio for three days, and I haven't edited nothing. it. Nothing. So nothing. then I went, and so if any of the, if oh, you had dear. trouble listening to it because the volumes oh, were dear. all off, it's because I didn't fix all of them you didn't censor sexual chocolate the whole way through like no. we joked about and it was so nope. funny took that whole part out so that's fair now you're finding out about it now take it back I, out i had to figure out how to cut all of us talking about it out of that whole thing behind the gorilla it. ladies and gentlemen behind the gorilla of the gorilla the people still listening are like behind the gorilla of behind thank the gorilla. god they're done i can't do this anymore <laughs> this is the worst hey no we love you guys that have listened so we're bringing it back so, the, okay, our, let's go with yeah. Harris's topic. Right. So, let's, I'm going to go first. Back on track here. Again, behind the scenes, we were talking about what we were going to do, and I had a couple ideas. I think ours might have overlapped at one point. And then I said, no, no, no. I know what I'm going to do, and we're not going to overlap. And this is a story that... I, I swear if you do the Rise of Roman Reigns, I'm going to punch <laughs> you in I'm, the face. I'm really glad you didn't say what I'm actually doing. I am doing, going to that, punch you in the that face. That would have been super awkward. No, we're You're just going to hear... We're talking about stories. No, Harris. What if we ended the podcast with a shoot fight and this was the last thing anyone ever heard? That kind of be amazing. It would be pretty impressive, wouldn't it? We might still do it. Yeah, we'll Who see. knows? No, this is a story that is uh, satisfying in its build and its payoff. It's actually like a good story told through wrestling, which I like Roman Reigns a lot. That hasn't been the case in a while. Yeah. It's not really his fault, but... My word, that's a mess of a story right now. No, Yes, it is. The thing I liked about this story, I think, is one, this is one of the things that got me into wrestling. There, there's two or three that I think of, and this is one of them. I know two of them, so mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't think I'm going to know about it, then I don't know what this one is. You'll know about it when I say it. So this is a story that takes place a couple years ago, and the other, it, there's two things that I thought were interesting looking back on it. One, this takes place in NXT. Now, NXT 
is a really interesting like breeding ground for talent because oh, i swear taken, if this is what i think it is if you aren't taken straight from the indies gimmick intact you got to kind of figure out who you are right like it's originally meant as a developmental system and it's a little bit different now because you get your bobby Roode, samoa joe's coming in right already like bred professional wrestlers who just kind of learn the wwe style and sell some tickets to shows but there's a really if you go far enough back you see people have to kind of dig deep take a look at themselves and work to establish a character that i think is really interesting part of this story and the other part that's really interesting is that this kind of goes through nxt from like its synthesis as fcw and like this weird barely televised developmental show to what it is now which is not only like the third brand on wwe but pretty much any wrestling fan will say that's the best show Boo. on wwe not not hair what hair said the fact that his phone just beeped yeah i was gonna just you know skate right on i thought it was yours for a second <laughs> phone's muted it's fine so it, it, it's a story of a wrestler but it also kind of chronicles the rise of nxt and you can see how much the brand has grown through this wrestler's career which i think is super interesting so we're going to take it all the way back to the dark dark times of 2013 they are advertising for uh, wrestlemania 28 on the network if you go back and you watch these episodes and it's you know it's it's the rock and john cena it's sports entertainment at its most sports entertainment and down at nxt you have bo dallas challenging biggie langston for the title that's where we are right now like it's not quite Seth Rollins and FCW, and then like, right? But we're not talking it's, about Finn Balor. It's a Ballard, little, it's a little after Seth Rollins and before. It's Finn still Ballard, finding yeah. its feet. There's no like, there's no takeovers. <sighs> I miss Bo Dallas at this point. Oh, Bo Leave, baby. I love Bo. Dallas. I still Bo Leave. I do. What too. a guy. You know. All so, you have to do is mm. believe. So this is the proto NXT at this point. Like it's barely recognizable. It's just the little baby, and we come into the story on a squash match let's be honest they don't get an entrance they don't get a character or a video package or anything and i know for a fact that they didn't plan this because they couldn't have because nobody in nxt like has a character or a story or anything going into it but man i i never knew this until i went back and watched it today but the first thing that they say when the camera comes back from the commercial and you see her standing there in the ring they say Bailey's been dreaming of doing this since she was 11 years old. That's the first line we ever have. We're introduced to this character. Yep. And she doesn't, there's not really a character there. She's just this promising indie superstar that they brought in. You know, she's good. Maybe she'll turn into something. Who knows? But right now, it doesn't matter because she's fighting Paige. And this is like prime time. This is, you know, Emma and Paige actually kickstarted the women's revolution uh. in NXT. And. R. This is R. right in the middle WWE of WWE Emma. Oh, and we'll we'll touch on that a little bit. So disappointing. The story's on Paige at this point, right? So Paige comes out. They have maybe a 10-minute match. She doesn't... It's not like a two-move squash, but there's never any doubt that she's going to win. And they still do this in NXT now, which is cool to watch. Like, yeah. people you don't think anything of. Well, there's just... one local wrestler. who's me and my dad will go to local wrestling shows in Canton, Georgia every now and then. They're fun. You got, like, 200 people in a gym and... They're fine. They're, it's a good time. Yeah. Sometimes they have big stars there, and that kind of draws, but sometimes they don't, and right. it's just a show. But uh, And there's one uh, female wrestler there, and I forgot what her name was now. Wow. Okay. I feel Thanks bad. for that. But like, 
my dad has met her mom now a few times, kind of just out there and just kind of around. Uh-huh. And she had an NXT. She had a couple NXT like squash yeah. matches when they That's came so through cool. like the the Atlanta. Right, because they filmed in Atlanta for mm-hmm. a minute. Yeah, yeah she was on that. TV. She was That's on one really of the NXT cool. shows. Yeah. So that was kind of so that's kind of cool. But yeah. yeah, they do that all the time. Yeah. So in this case, it wasn't just bringing her in for one match. Like she had been signed to a contract the year before, but yeah. there's nothing really going on at this point. She's not on anybody's radar. And on it, like a few weeks go by and she's not on television. Then again, this is all, you know, behind the scenes. We're working with Dusty Rhodes down in NXT. We're trying to figure out what works for this character. And a few weeks later, Renee Young is standing backstage and she says, Ladies and gentlemen, my guest at this moment, Bailey. Joining me at this time, NXT diva, Bailey. Right now? Yep. Is the camera Come on. Come on the set. It's going to be fine. A little closer. Bring it in. Bring it right in. Perfect. Uh, Bailey, you've been here at NXT for a little while now, and I actually haven't had an opportunity to talk to you. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I like robots. Robots? <laughs> yeah. Do you like my headband? Yes, I think your headband's very pretty. It matches your outfit quite nicely. Thank you. I like your outfit, too. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so tonight, you have a match in the NXT Divas Championship Tournament against a very formidable opponent and former WWE Divas champ, Alicia Fox. Are you prepared? I like Alicia. She's pretty. Do you think I'm pretty? <laughs> yes, Bailey, I think you're very pretty. Cool, new friend. I'm gonna beat Alicia Fox, and then after, maybe we can go play robots and like Jenga or something. Sure thing. Uh, good, good luck time. Sweet. And then she she looks off screen. And she says, "Here, come on, come on. No, it's okay. Come on." And the camera zooms back out, and you see Bailey kind of just standing in the background looking super nervous and super shy. She's like, right now, do you want me to come out? Renee's like, yeah, no, it's cool. Come on, come on. And Bailey comes up and she says, hi. She's like, she's got a little bit more going. She's got like the updo. She's got the ponytail, you know, sticking up. I'm mm-hmm. holding up my hair right now. It's ridiculous. It. And she's got a little bow on the top and she's just like wired. Like she looks like 11 year old who's just eating too many cookies. <laughs> That's the best way I can think of it. That's that's a good way. That's a good way. Yeah. Renee is literally they just it's the most like blank slate protocol I've ever seen in a wrestling interview. She's like, "So, you've been in NXT for a few months now and uh I haven't really gotten to speak to you. How are you?" And Bailey says, "I'm good." "Do you like my bow?" <laughs> Renee's like, "Yes, I I like your bow. It's very pretty." And Bailey goes, "Sweet. Thank you." And Renee's like, Okay, uh, Bailey, um, you're, you're fighting Alicia Fox tonight in the tournament for the NXT Divas Championship. It's 2013. And she says, what do you think, how do you, how do you feel about this match? You know, you're going to win. Bailey says, I like Alicia. She's pretty. Do you think I'm pretty? Renee says, yeah, I think you're very pretty. Bailey says, sweet. New friend. Um, I'm, I'm going to beat Alicia. Like, at th- that moment, she finally remembers that she's a wrestler again. And it's, dude, it's the most spaced out thing I've ever seen. Like, I had never seen this before, which is why I'm recounting it to you word for word. But it's just the most, like, 
deer in the headlights, you know, doesn't quite do it justice to this performance. So this is the beginning of like they found a character for her. She's this weird kind of spaced out fangirl, right? And there's it, it comes off as creepy. I'm not sure if that it, it had to be the intention because she's leaning into it pretty hard. But that's kind of where they start going from there. So she's you know she's not just a nameless you know, themeless job or she's Bailey, like the weird kind of creepy stalker, more or less. Like, that's the best way I can think of to put it. Believe it or not, she does not beat Alicia Fox in the tournament for the title. It's a miracle she was in the tournament. Like, if the roster had been a little bit thicker, she wouldn't have been because she was just a jobber at this point. Like, nobody really cared. But there's a little bit more character to her now. And as we move forward the next few weeks... This is one of the things that I actually wish they still did on NXT, but when it was just starting out as its own brand, they were sending people from the main roster down there every other week. And that's super cool if you just go back and you watch like these old NXT matches, you'll see like the Shield come down and have a six-man tag match in the Full Sail Stadium in NXT, which is super cool. Or like Randy Orton came and challenged Bo Dallas for the NXT title one week. Like, they didn't have takeovers back then. This was all, like, barely on television. So they would just have weird, different stuff like that every week. So a few weeks later, Bailey gets a Divas title match against AJ Lee. And AJ Lee, God bless her, you know, she's running with a character at this point that's pretty heelish, pretty, um, you know, arrogant, right? And wow. how dare... That's like, that's like heaven for you. What? That's like your two favorites of all time. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, th- I thought you meant the arrogant thing, and I was oh, really no, thrown I, off. I was like, what? No, I meant the matchup between I, AJ and I love me and an Bailey. arrogant. I love me an arrogant woman. <laughs> you know me. I had no idea where that was going. I was really thrown no, off. I just thought, oh, No, AJ you're right. Lee, yeah. No, you're That's right. I do love watching them both perform, but it's super funny because AJ Lee is playing her, like, I don't want to say the female equivalent of CM Punk because that's, like, no, diminutive it's not, to her. It's not. But when she's on this level of healdom, she's big, so fun to watch. But a big fan favorite for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, and a, a well respected competitor. The whole reason they're having this title match is because Bailey wouldn't stop following her around backstage the week before. Like she's interviewing Renee Young, and Bailey runs up behind her and just gives her this huge hug, practically tackles her. And AJ Lee's trying to play it cool. You know, she's super edgy. She's she's a cool girl. She wears Converse to the ring. She's like, stop it, get off of me. And then she gives her a match. Basically just to, like, hey, say, hey, I'm going to teach you some respect. Like, you don't just hug the women's champion, right? So they go into this match, and again, she doesn't win. But not only does she not win, like, there's some points where she forgets to try to win. Like, there are moments, the match starts, and the crowd is chanting, hug it out. Hug it out. Because we're right right at Daniel Bryan Kane territory right now. Right. Right, so like the crowd is already invested. Hug in it out is already a chant. The crowd is already invested in this weirdo, though, right? Like they're they're into this at least a little bit, even ironically. Like this isn't really something that you've seen in NXT because it's usually it's very you know this is the place where Biggie Langston was a serious that's true champion that's true, which is absolutely weird to watch now. Eh. I saw some highlights of that. Like, it's not bad. It's not It's not it's, super weird. It's just so far but out yeah. of what I've seen him do the last, true. like, three years. Like, that it's just, true. it's, been it's a while. bizarre. And she, she goes for the hug, and AJ Lee just throws her right on her back. And it's not a straight-up squash, but, you know, they go for about five, ten minutes. And then it gets to one point where she hits this 
diving elbow off the top rope. Like she's actually kind of got her on the back foot a little bit. And you would think like at this point, the wrestler like goes for a finisher, submission, signature, something like dial it up another notch. And Bailey just kind of stops and she looks at her and she's like, you okay? And AJ is like bent over, like she's got something in her eye or like she broke her orbital bone or knocked the tooth out. And the ref is doing that great WWE thing where he's like, hey, are you okay? Like pantomiming really loud, <laughs> gesturing frantically. Of course. And Bailey just stops and she like leans over and looks concerned. And then AJ leads, like she's playing possum. She just turns on her, lays her out, rolls her up, one, two, three, that's it. And the announce team isn't even like mad about it. They're just confused, which is very funny to listen to. Like, they're not even invested enough in her as a contender to be, like, upset that she didn't go for the jugular a little bit. They're just like, was she... Did she try to hug her? Why did she stop? Like, they don't even... It's, it's like, something. It's like Tony Schiavone once he got the notification that that San Francisco 49ers match was happening. Something. Yeah, that's kind of how I imagine it. Yeah, <laughs> just like clueless. Why? Like I love wrestling yeah. announcers when they just really drive home a certain point. Like that was dumb. But there is something to be said for just genuine confusion. It's great when it comes to driving home a point. Honestly, like they're not even. They can't be mad at Bailey. They're just baffled. That anybody could come this far and be this good, frankly. Like, they're already kind of telling the story. Like, she she gets some offense in against Paige, of all people. She gets some offense in against AJ Lee. But she's not, like, a serious contender because she can't just, like, go for it. She can't turn that part of her brain off that is just so happy to be here, right? And, again, we're already, so we're already kind of making our way up the ranks a little bit. And... She gets embroiled in a little bit of, you know, there's there's some other, like, tag team divas feuds going on. So Sasha and Becky Lynch are a faction at this point. It's called the Beautiful Fierce Females, BFFs. Um, it's a little bit better than PMS, but, like... A little bit. Nobody, you know, that's not what anybody remembers them for. But that's just kind of, you know, we're still kind of in the early stages of the women's revolution at this point. So I kind of get it. And then... You know, she teams up with Charlotte, face Charlotte Flair, because why not to take on Becky and Charlotte, or Becky and Sasha, get a little bit of back and forth going on, and then eventually, we get to NXT TakeOver territory. So this is almost a full year later. This is just working. Untelevised matches, house show matches, different people fight for the title, Emma's gone now, Paige is gone now. And we're left with Charlotte holding the title. Charlotte is super heel at this point, as she should be, I right. would argue. Of course. She beat Natalia for the title, which shows you just how old this like NXT brand is at this point. Like we're going way back. I don't know. I don't know, know why they Natty, brought Natalia I don't, all the way back down. I don't know. And we're kind of we're we're getting to the point now in NXT where probably we're, just a placeholder yeah. for in between we're, the other ones. Yeah. But. We're phasing out a lot of the older talent coming back. That's not a thing that happens as much anymore. It's very much its own brand. Emma's on the main roster doing her own thing. Paige is on the main roster doing her own thing, actually fighting AJ Lee, which is kind of funny to see. Like, the same character of AJ Lee is still there. But down in NXT, we're pretty much, like, self-sustained at this point. People are tuning in. We don't need to send main roster talent down here to fight anymore. And Bailey gets a match against Charlotte. Now, this has been a year in the making. 
She's been there for a while. She's built some character. She's she's a competent wrestler. Like she's built on this momentum she's had against Paige, against AJ Lee, and she's not a more well-rounded character, but like she's accepted as at least like okay, we can put her in a title match at an NXT takeover. I think literally the second NXT takeover of all time. And nobody's going to bat an eye at it. Like it's fine, right? So they get to this point in the match, and it's still, you know, it, it's Charlotte Flair. She's still called Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Now she's back called Charlotte Flair. Are they back to that now? Yeah, okay. a few, yeah, a while ago. I don't. I can't keep track anymore. It's hard. Okay. So, you know, and we get to this point, and they don't have, like, quite the production and, like, quite the weight that NXT TakeOvers do now. They're still being filmed in full sale. But still, this is like a pay-per-view equivalent situation, right? And then we get to the video package. And this is, you know, this is Bailey's. She's been here a year. She's got her title match on the line. Everything she's done has led up to this moment. And when I think of, like, a wrestling video package, I think of, like, Daniel Bryan and his monster video package before WrestleMania 30, which is right. great, like, really iconic. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of Imagine Dragons, frankly, but, like, it yeah, works in that either. moment. Yeah. The other one that I've heard people talk about a lot is um, is My Way for The Rock and Austin. Yeah. Um, what a before WrestleMania song, 17, but just fits. Here's the thing: I would, yeah, I would never say Limp Biscuit makes good music, but like no. they make some good noise, they right? Make, they make terrible like everything. It, it but, works in the context, but though. In that video package, it worked right. for sure. Exactly. And, and I'm going to talk about another great song okay. used in one of mine. Sweet. Okay, so man, I miss rock WWE. I'm just going to mm, leave it. Okay. At so for this video package, I'm going to play it. I think it should work on the mic. This is the song. That they went with, you know, the lights fade out, and we're going to show the Bailey story. And it's video of Bailey high fiving her inflatable tube man. That's and terrible. Waving at people, and it's her with her awkward headband talking to Renee Young, like in her first ever interview. That's terrible is not the worst way to describe it. So you think, like, okay, we're going to take Bailey seriously. And, it's like, the second you see that, you realize, no, we're still in, like, cartoon character territory, right? She might be good, like, as a wrestler in in kayfabe, obviously, but also in real life. Like, we're going to give her a title match, but this is Charlotte Flair we're talking about. Like, there are real wrestlers fighting over this. And this is a fun little sideshow match, but she's not going to win. Right. And she doesn't. She she puts right. up a good fight. She has a great match. You know, it's for her. She holds her own, all that stuff. And then in the end, you see Charlotte. She goes for, like, it's basically a roll-up, but she snaps Bailey's head into the bottom turnbuckle, rolls her back into the middle of the ring, and hits her moonsault off the top rope. Sweet move. That's it. Except it's not, because Bailey kicks out. And she doesn't go on to win the match, she doesn't really go on to get any more offense in. But after she kicks out of that, she turns around and she looks at Charlotte and she's mad. She's got this fire in her eyes for the first time. And she's not she's not going to Hulk up and win, but it's that fire is there for the first time. And so, you know, Charlotte glares at her. Natural selection, one, two, three, and Bailey's done. But there's that moment where not only can she hold her own, this whole fight, She's earned her way here, and she can hang with Charlotte. But there's a flicker of, like, no, I'm worthy of this combo. I, I can I can hang with you. I can take you down. 
for the first time that we've ever seen in this character. Again, nothing about this build, like the video package, took her that seriously. It was very, you know, earnest and I've, I've come this far and I think I deserve it and I can do it sort of thing. But it's not enough in the end. It's just not enough. And that's, you know, great and good for her, but that's kind of what wrestling is. You know, right. there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of really good baby faces that have to be B-plus players. And that's kind of a weird thing to say after the age of Daniel Bryan where we want to see them, like, get to the top of the mountain. But that's also just kind of the reality. And I think if you're watching live at this point, that's the kind of thing that you would say, right, so she's, you know, this is the ceiling for her. For this, you know, kind of stalker, doe-eyed fangirl, come a long way. But this is like, I think of like Ty Dillinger now, we put in this slot where it's like, okay, they're good, they're fun, it's a fun gimmick, but like they're never going to be anything more than that, right? So we move on. And a couple months later, we get to another NXT TakeOver, and now we've really come full circle. This is like prime NXT. This is the four horsewomen of NXT in the fatal four-way match for the WWE title. This is as legit as it gets. This is right. This is the same pay per view, I believe. That um, I could be wrong. No, no, no. I'm mistaken. But now, like Sami Zayn is here, Finn Balor's here, Kevin Owens is here. Like this is prime time NXT, and these are the four women. And this video package is awesome. Like each of them have their own unique personality. They have their own fire that they're bringing to this thing, and they say multiple times, like the four of us are the ones who set out to change the face of women's wrestling. And it's a really great video package, and it's a great build. But even in all of the build, Bailey is like the kid sister, right? Right. Like, you have Charlotte Flair, who is, like, born for greatness. It's in her blood. Like, she says, she's still holding the title, and she's like, I don't have this title because of luck. It's natural selection. And you're like, oh, that's really good. That is good. And you have Becky Lynch, you know, the Irish last kicker, which is... My favorite dumb name in wrestling. It's a great name. It, it is, is a great good. name. I do you know? really like that. And she'll break your arm off as soon as look at you. And she's a she's a great like tweener, you know, kind of wild card. And then you have Sasha Banks, the legit boss. And this is one of the reasons I love this story is like this character of Sasha Banks basically went the complete opposite direction of someone like Bailey, which is everyone when they debut in NXT is super like upbeat and just happy to be here. Most people have to turn on that sooner or later because they just they can't stay interested. They can't sell it. Alexa Bliss did that. Sasha Banks did that maybe harder than anybody because in real life and in the story, like to get that edge as a performer, she had to tap into something deeper. She had to hit the swagger level, the legit boss Sasha Banks. That's who Boy, she is now. Hit, hit it, she did. And she knocked it out of the park, dude. Like she's a rock star at this point. And then you have Bailey. Just Bailey. She's nice, That's you know? It. She's just, just Bailey. And I love, like, there's some there's some little things I noticed just re-watching all of this that I think are funny and not intentional, but, like, they work well. Bailey is the only one of the four horsewomen that doesn't have a last name. It's true. That's a little weird. Like, I don't think there's a real reason for it, but it, oh, I do. it works in that she's it, no, just it, Bailey. I totally, that's, I, I, I think get that's it. the no, point. That is the point. Yeah, and yeah. I like that a lot. Like, it kind of works on two levels. It like, does work. And then... All three of the other one are known for their submission holds. Figure eight, arm breaker, bank statement. Bailey doesn't, it's not that she doesn't use submissions, but she's not known for that. She's got other moves that she uses. 
And I also don't know if that's a coincidence, but I just, I, I thought that was interesting going through this story. So even in this build, like they're taking her more seriously and like she's been around, but even now she's still like, I don't think anybody ever really thought that she was going to win. And I know I didn't. This is the first one that I watched. It's now, I think, late 2014 at this point. And I am in. I'm into wrestling at this point. And we and we might talk about this a little bit more later, but WrestleMania 30 is my first like real wrestling memory and the build-up to that with Daniel Bryan. And this is one of the first NXT shows I watched, and I remember really liking Bayley because she's just nice. And she's an underdog who is just happy to be there in this world of, you know, cutthroats, basically. But she doesn't win because it's not, you know, she's the B-plus player. She's just Bailey. But they keep telling this story. And the match ends with Charlotte getting Sasha Banks up, trying to do something off the top rope. Bailey comes charging up the ramp, throws Sasha to the ground, and hits a Bailey to belly off the top rope, which I know you don't like that finisher. It's terrible. But it looks great off the top rope. Like it yeah, does. Yeah, everything looks great off the top rope. Someone falling down on their back looks great from the top rope. Does it? Yes. Does it? It definitely does. Okay. So if Jinder Mahal were to like whiff and fall, okay, that actually. Would be <laughs> that I would watch. Any, that should be his new anything finisher. Anything looks good off the top rope. Okay, so case in point, this Bailey to Belly looks sure. absolutely sick. Sure, I'll give I'll give that to Just you. Just crushes Charlotte. She goes for the pen. Sasha Banks grabs Bailey, throws her out of the ring. Bank statement, new champion. So even now, Bailey is taken more and more seriously. Like she's still kind of the kid sister. It's like, but wow, Bailey would have won this. Yes, exactly. She was right there. I mean, it you know it looked really good. I don't know how else to elaborate on that anymore, but you have Sasha Banks, who is like her polar opposite, coming in and just stealing it, just like that. And there's... you. What are you going to do if you're Bailey at this point? How much farther can you go? I think, again, watching this live, I wasn't convinced she would ever make it, you know, to the top. Again, this seems like something that happens in NXT all the time. I think of someone like Ty Dillinger, who, again, had some great matches. I don't think he's ever going to win a championship. Right. Or, like, Enzo and Cass, RIP, super oh, over in NXT. shame. Super over in NXT, never won the title. That Which just kind of happens. Which is so dumb. There's, I know, but, like, oh, that's... They missed out on that big, but... Anyway. They really did, but that happens. You know, like, people get hot. There Who also, knows? There's also that, a level... This is not what you're talking no, about. No, no, there's no, There's also fine. a level of someone who doesn't need the title. Which also yes. is going to be in my side, too. The Undertaker is not Bailey. You know, there's a very different. I, that's the one I always think that's of as someone who doesn't thing. need the title. That, that's the truest thing you've ever said. If you take anything out of this segment of this, you heard podcast, it here first. Undertaker is, is not, not Bailey. Bailey. We're gonna make T-shirts. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That would be. That would be cool. So now, like, who knows what's gonna happen next? But NXT is as hot as it's ever been. This is, again, like I said, Finn Balor is here now fighting for titles. Samoa Joe just got signed. This is a big deal. And at this point, Emma comes back. Now, this doesn't really happen anymore in NXT. We've kind of grown beyond that. This is like a brand that can hold its own. And being sent down to NXT is not like promotion in, in terms of like, hey, let's help promote this network show. It's a demotion. It's like, hey, no, you're not good enough to handle it here anymore Zack Ryder and we're going to put you in a tag team with Mojo Rawley and see if you can make something good come of it such a shame that's what happens to Emma 
this is an interesting story because Emma debuts as this really happy-go-lucky, happy-to-be-here, dancing weirdly Ugh. Emma. And oh. you could you could probably rant about this for an hour it if you want. The, it was one of the worst things that's happened in WWE in recent years, at least character-wise. And I don't... See, this is, this is like right before I started watching, so I don't appreciate this as much as you do. But basically, like... Because she was this killer, just Have like Paige seen, in NXT. Did you watch the first takeover? Uh-uh. You've never seen it? Uh-uh. The match between Paige and Emma was the first great women's match in WWE since, like, the mid 2000s Since, like, right. Trish Stratus and Lita. Right. Like that they, was, like, the first one right. where it's like... Wow, there's real wrestling here. And I have... It was outstanding. I have just a shade of that appreciation That's, because... That is my favorite women's match of all time. Wow. Because that was the first one where it's okay. like, this was outstanding. That's awesome. I have like just a shade of that because I remember Paige's debut. And that's yeah. the one... like She's the other half of that equation. Yeah, that was big But like, too. think about how Paige debuts in WWE. It's the day after WrestleMania. This is one of the first like Raws I ever watched start to finish. It's the day after WrestleMania 30. She comes out to congratulate AJ Lee... This is thematically, see, we're coming back to AJ Lee. She says, how dare you interrupt my victory celebration? You can't hang with me. I'm going to teach you a lesson, and I'll put the title on the line. Except Paige beats her, because Paige is that good. And we are told that right off the bat. Paige is serious, and she's championship material. Uh, Who did they put Emma with again when she got called up? Oh, man, I don't even remember. I believe it was Santina. Was it not? Morella with the Cobra? And she would come out and she would dance with him and like poke her arms around. Maybe. I, I, and he I had the cobra. Remember. I just I but remember maybe. that distinctly because it I remember seeing that and thinking, wow, this looks really stupid. Yeah. And later weird. learning about that history she had in NXT. Yeah. Well Anywho. Now back to Bailey. We finally bring back some character with Emma. Emma is back in NXT and she is gunning for Bailey. So while Charlotte is off doing other stuff with it, or I'm sorry, Sasha Banks is off defending the title against Charlotte and everyone else, Bailey has her own feud going on now with Emma. Emma says, look, I used to be just like you. I was just happy to be here. I thought if I did the right thing and just was myself that everything would work out, and it doesn't. And that screwed me on the main roster, and I'm not going to let that happen to you. And if I have to beat this, you know, innocence out of you then i will do that i will do that and she comes down to nxt with dana brooke in tow interesting interesting that's correct and just starts taking her out every chance she gets and now this breaks her hand at one point which is you know i don't know how much of that is played up but her hand was actually broken at some point whether that happened during the story or whatever and this is a weird like self-awareness on the part of wwe i think to acknowledge that like the main roster run of Emma was terrible. And I think it's the kind of thing you can do in NXT that you can't really do on the main roster is have character continuity where she's this killer who, you know, holds the women's title and puts on great matches, leaves, comes back and says, Hey, up there isn't everything that you want it to be, and you're gonna get eaten alive, Bailey, if you go up there and you're like this. That's a really fascinating, like, character driven feud that we get a lot in NXT, but not a lot in the main roster. And it's something that I didn't really know happened because I wasn't watching NXT regularly. I would pretty much watch the takeovers. And this one kind of flew under the radar at TV tapings and stuff. So she puts Bailey off television, breaks her hand. She's gone. A few weeks go by. Bailey is rehabbing. Bailey comes back, 
has a one-on-one -on -one match with Emma. This is like the queen mother of the women's revolution. And she beats her clean, and it's a really good match. Dana Brooke tries to interfere a little bit. The ref kicks her out of ringside, and Bailey gets the win. One, two, three, in the middle of the ring, main event of just a television taping in NXT. Right. And Bailey gets the mic back. And it's been it's been months since the fatal four-way at this point. And she's kind of had this personal grudge going for a couple of weeks. And she gets back and she says, you know, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back. But I'm here because I want to become NXT Women's Champion. And to do that, I have to be the best in the world. I want a match with Charlotte Flair. She doesn't call out Sasha, the champion, who she conceivably could have won the belt from in the Fatal 4-Way. She calls out Charlotte because she knows she's got to run this gauntlet now to get to the end. And that's the story that we've built ourselves up to at this point. So the next week, again, on free TV, well, $9.99, but, hmm. you know, it's a television match. And you know how they, like, I thought about this again watching this, like, they say, uh... History doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. I don't know if you've ever heard that expression, yeah, I but I have. thought about that watching this match. You see, it's been two years at this point. Charlotte w goes for a roll-up, cracks Bailey's skull into the bottom turnbuckle, gets on the top rope to go for the moonsault, just like we saw all those years ago in her first ever takeover match. Except this time, Bailey's able to get up, and she's able to climb the top rope, and hit the Bailey to belly off the top rope. One, two, three, and she wins. That's one of the horsewomen down, clean in the middle of the ring. She says, next week, I want Becky Lynch. That's two. William Regal says, all right, you got it. Main event for the number one contendership. Sasha Banks is sitting pretty, doesn't have to do anything. She's on commentary. And they go out, and they tear the house down. And the crowd is just so into it because it's NXT the crowd's always great right, yeah. but Good just crowds. like in the last match not only is she hanging with the horsewomen now she's beating them like in the last match she powers out of the figure eight on the way to win this time Becky Lynch gets her in the arm breaker she fights for the rope catches it shifts her momentum rolls her up one two three and that's two horsewomen down hmm. there's only one left now and it's her polar opposite and this match at TakeOver Brooklyn, the video package for that is the exact opposite of her first TakeOver video package. They go all the way back to, like, proto-Bailey, like, month one, creepy, bow-tie on her head, Bailey. Huh. And you hear Sasha Banks saying, do you really think any girl is going to want to sit in the front row and cheer for a girl with a bow in her hair? I don't think so. I'm what it takes to be champion. I have the edge. You don't. And that's the story they're telling going into this match. Now, this is my favorite women's match of all time. That's Again, because this one. is the first, like, I've been invested in this point all year. So the first takeover was, I think, in January. Now we're at SummerSlam. This is in Brooklyn. This is right before a huge SummerSlam the next day. And, okay, one thing that I know will surprise you. We've made it all the way up to this point. We've told this great story about how we've established these four horsewomen of NXT and how they've revolutionized women's wrestling and now we have like the peak of their generation of NXT storytelling so who better to commemorate this moment 
but Stephanie McMahon of course. to come down to the ring and cut a 15-minute promo about how we have changed the business. Of course. This legit pissed me off. We don't. We shouldn't even. I don't want to even talk. I don't want to go into all of it because I don't even moment. want to give it the credit or even give it coverage. You're right. Just because blech. well, here's the thing. Because when I think about this moment, I don't even remember that that happened. Right. That's you the way it should be. You don't even think about it because I, I didn't remember until you had to mention it. And it's it. just, dude. It, it's the best. It's everything you want in a wrestling match. It is the most like character driven. Bailey is the underdog babyface who comes across as an underdog and everyone believes she's an underdog. She's got a broken hand and Sasha Banks healing it up like she has never done in her life. And it's incredible. She is working handholds the whole time. At one point, she pinches her hands between the stairs and smashes the stairs into her hand. Like, the best one right at the end, she gets her in the bank statement. So now she beat Charlotte powered out of the figure eight she beat becky lynch rolled out of the arm breaker and now sasha's got her in the bank statement and not only that but she is able to i don't know if you remember this she reaches her foot over her head and stomps on her broken hand over and over again trying to make her tap out she doesn't tap out she powers out gets her onto the top rope and hits what is the sickest name in all of wrestling a poison frankensteiner Drives her head first into the mat, Bailey to belly, one, two, three. I'm sorry. Can you explain this? Poison you've seen the you've seen the gif of it, right? So a Frankenstein,er this is as I understand it, and I'm a super casual wrestling. I, I know fan. a Frankenstein,er. Mm-hmm. So how? It's which, just back. Move is it's, this? It's the is one, this the one where they they go. Um, it's like a Hurricane Rana, a little right. bit. It's similar. Right, right, but but they go, like, but they're instead of they're like. On the front of their face, with their legs, they're on the back of their head mm-hmm. and doing backwards. Mm-hmm. It's that move. Yeah, I didn't know that was the name of it. So, so I didn't. I I read the name before I ever knew the origin of it. Or oh, where I, it I like from. I know the move and everything. Yeah. I didn't know that the it was called poison one. It, it has it's to do with the positioning, yeah. Because normally she hits it. They I they did it a little bit in her early run. They called yeah. it a Bailey Kenrana. Because she would do that. Like, she would get yeah. her legs around their head. But now, yeah, Sasha is going for something off the top rope, like, facing the crowd. Bailey climbs up on her back, wraps her legs around her, flips herself over backwards, and just drives her head into the mat. Cool. And it's aw- it's yeah, so that cool. Is, that is awesome. And the crowd loses their mind. And Bailey has beaten all three of the horsewomen to win the NXT women's title. And it's it's one of the coolest moments that I've ever seen in wrestling. And it's one of the... It didn't make me a wrestling fan because I was already a wrestling fan at this point, but it really, it's it's one of those, yeah, it's a solidifying moment where you just say, yeah, this is why I watch this. Like, that. that's why we do it. And just to see, like, getting to relive it all from start to finish and see how far she came from, like, a one-off jobber to this weird, like, I don't want to say not subtle because nothing about her is subtle, but, like, really overplayed creepy nice girl into like a real fleshed out character with her own like you know flaws but still that great story and how like again compare her to someone like Sasha Banks who said okay I have to harden myself in order to make it in this business and Bailey says no I don't I just have to be myself and I'm gonna make that work right and that would never work if she wasn't genuinely like that yeah, you know well, what I mean yeah, like you say the, be- the best wrestling characters everyone has said are 
the people who take their own personalities and just dial them up to 11. And right. if anyone else played that character, it would never work. And that's what, Mark, you know, you tease me about this all the time. Like, why do you like Bailey? She's clearly just meant to be there for the little girls, which is absolutely true. But there's she's, just some, she's a good She's a good worker. Nobody else could pull that character off like she does. There are so nope. many, and this is something that, like, as a relatively new wrestling fan and a pretty casual wrestling fan, I, there's this, like, real chip a lot of fans have on their shoulders that, like, yeah, we like guys like Kenny Omega and the Bullet Club and Seth Rollins because they're cool, you know, because everyone knows wrestling's fake, but look at these guys. They're so cool. And that, that's, I, I like those guys, too. Like, that's fine. But there's something to me that's so cool about a character who is just nice. Like, she's just a good person. And she makes it work. And, like, in a world where, you know, boring white meat baby faces get booed all the time. Like, I think of right. Rocky, Maivia, you yep. know? People yep. hated that. Yep. Because that, like, and I get that because that's not what The Rock should be doing. He wasn't built for that. Yeah. But Bailey took Rocky Maivia to NXT, like, the smarkiest wrestling fans of all time. The grown adults who just love to mark out for themselves at shows. And she made them love her because she's that good at it. Yeah. And she had, this is the epilogue part now, like she had a great NXT title run. And like I think of, you probably do the same thing, I think of NXT in terms of generations. Mm. And like yeah, generations of women, you have, you know, Paige and Emma, and then you have the horsewomen. And then in the next generation, I think of like Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss, yeah. and Asuka. Mm -hmm. Those guys are defined in my mind by going after Bailey's title. Like, not only was she, like, the kid sister of the four horsewomen who we watched, like, grow up and, like, take her place on top, but then she got to be, like, the guiding figure for this whole other generation of women who are just killing it on the main roster right now. Yeah. And that, to me, is so great. And she deserves better on the main roster, but we're not going to talk about that because <laughs> this is a show about the good things. Exactly. And like I said, this is a story that I think is just so satisfying and so well told. And I know I took a long time getting through all that. It was literally like a two-year stretch. And oh, yeah. It's just, it's one of my favorite things about wrestling. And if by any chance, like, you've just been listening to this as a casual fan, one, let me know because I would love to be the guy that, like, <laughs> told you about this. But two, I... it. It's as good as wrestling gets in my mind. Like that's why we watch this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Then no, that's a very solid topic. I'm surprised I didn't think of that ahead of time. I'm really you, glad you did it because I figured as soon as you, you would. You said NXT. I was like, ah. Yeah, I could tell. Here comes. The I'm Bailey. also really glad I didn't do the rise and rise and rise and rise and rise of Roman Reigns. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't do that. Ooh, maybe someday when it actually, I don't know. They should have turned him When he turns off. heel and shaves his head and burns his vest in the ring, I don't know. Well, anyway, we are now going to move on. Chapter two. To the next part of this podcast. I have no I I have some idea what's coming. I think you do, because I, I I mentioned I mentioned it. Or I mentioned this I mentioned mentioned a couple things, but this is one of the ones that I mentioned. So in similar kind of similar fashion to yours as you were saying this was one you know this was one of the things that kind of got you into wrestling well mm -hmm. this isn't something that got me into wrestling but this is one of the first full feuds i really watched live 
Now, I started watching wrestling back probably, I mean, I it was always around because my dad was a big WCW and NWA fan, so it was around like when I was five and six and Nitro was still on. And then it went away for several years till I was about 10 or 11. And then I got back into it. But I got into that wrestling, yeah. old wrestling okay. at this time because okay. my dad had videos, right? DVDs, you got all the VHSs, DVDs upstairs, yeah, all this them. stuff of old wrestling, of mm-hmm. 90s wrestling and 80s wrestling. So that that's what I first started on. And then, and I didn't watch, so I probably was a wrestling fan for almost two years before ever really watching stuff live. That's amazing. Because, one, I wasn't allowed to at the very beginning because we're still in the height of the TV 14 <laughs> era. Okay, that's fair. Like 2006, late, you know? 2007, Can't we're having strip teases on ECW still and oh, stuff man. like that. Oh, so boy. anyway, ECW. Li- live wrestling wasn't a thing right at the beginning for me. Mm-hmm. Also, we didn't have cable, so we didn't have Raw, That's we didn't have UFC, or yeah. U- USA, or anything. So, but what we did have was SmackDown. SmackDown was on first. It was on, uh, I think. I don't even remember what first was on. I was but then it was on say, UPN for a long time okay. when that was still a channel. I, then it was on CW, and then it was then it went on to straight network TV with my ATL TV, which was a branch of my network TV. Wow. So this is two thousand and we're gonna go to two thousand and nine. That's not even touching on what night of the week it is either, because it's, it's been, on Friday. It's been about all of them. This though. is Friday Night SmackDown. Okay. So I started watching wrestling about two thousand seven. Maybe that's when I slowly started creeping into live. WWE wrestling. Nice. WrestleMania 24 was really the first WrestleMania I watched. It wasn't live because we didn't pay for the pay-per-views, but this was the day after. My dad found it, downloaded it, nice. and I watched it the day after. Excellent. I, I, can't, I came in right after WrestleMania 23. Um, so we're now in 2009. WrestleMania 25 has happened a couple of months previous to this. We're now in, I believe, we're in June Okay. Of 2009. So about where we are started. now in the year. like just a Yeah, it's very, very similar to this time. Okay. And you talked about Bailey. Well, I'm going to talk about another white meat baby face. Possibly one of the most over white meat baby faces of all time, Jeff Hardy. My favorite wrestler of all time, Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio are probably the two most over white meat baby faces at least since the 90s. And, I mean, everybody. There was no Mark. There was nobody that didn't like Jeff Hardy. And nobody not. that didn't like Rey Mysterio. No. They, they just weren't. So Jeff Hardy is cheered by everybody. He is, He's just come off this big feud with his brother, Matt Hardy. Which honestly which, could have been an episode. <laughs> it's true. No, I, it could have. But right, I, like, it was I, I like the feud. But it was pretty out there. There were some wild parts, yeah. Um, I kill your dog. But anyway, um, so he had won the title for the first time ever in uh, December of uh, 2008. And then that led to Matt screwing him out of the title the next month. And then that feud heading into WrestleMania. So they could have a brothers match in WrestleMania, which was a great match. And this is kind of your classic, like, Jeff Hardy, your two. Jeff Hardy. We talked about this. Jeff Hardy was one of those guys 
where he just you didn't need the title. He was always okay. the guy chasing yeah. for the title. Yeah. He was never going to be the champion. He wasn't the best talker mm-hmm. and he he wasn't that character. His character was the crazy going to do this right. wild thing and then it's going to lead to him losing. Yeah. Like that he's the entertaining guy, but then Edge was the winning guy. The Hardys were the entertaining tag team, Edge and Christian were the ones oh, that always won. Man, that's a really good way of putting that's it. That's the way it was. And that's the way wow. Edge that's the way Edge put it. What so a he great is in this big feud with Edge. dynamic, but that's amazing. The the world title is now it was the WWE title in 2008. Now the world title is the main title on SmackDown. Okay. They've switched. Big gold belt, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. And Edge is the champion again. So now we have another Edge and Jeff Hardy feud, which is classic. It goes back to the tag teams. This is a big feud. Edge is my most hated wrestler of all time, mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. he's just the worst. Mm-hmm. Um. So they have they're having this big feud. Well, it is now going to culminate at Extreme Rules. Okay. And Jeff Hardy wins a match which makes him be able to pick the stipulation. So then he chooses I'm really good at ladder matches. We're having a ladder match. Yep. <laughs> well, then Edge's thing is, okay, well I was part of these two. Mhm. And he says, I'm paraphrasing, but he says the line, "You always, you know, create the highlights, but I always win." And it shows. That's a great This line. is all part of this package That's leading up to their match. Theme, man. And it's showing, you know, That's this is amazing. like in the amazing packages they do. It's Jeff Hardy diving off the ladder, going through Bubba Ray on the table, yeah. him diving off of the cage, you know, all this stuff. Him mm-hmm. diving off of the scaffolding back in Raw 2008 onto Randy Orton yep. during their championship feud. But then it's showing Edge and Christian pulling the titles down. Mm-hmm. You know, Ed, you know, so. Edge is the ultimate opportunity. Ed, yeah, he wins exactly. stuff like this. Yeah. Exactly. He's the guy nobody wants to win and mm-hmm. always wins. Yeah, um, he's that Rick. He's like Roman Reigns. Now I don't I don't <laughs> want to compare this at all, but he's that Ric Flair type champion yes. who's gonna always have the belt because mm-hmm. it's easy to hate him and it's easy for a babyface to climb up to him and chase him. Yeah, um, and he he was the perfect size. He could be a cowardly heel. He he was legitimate because he was mm-hmm. still a big guy. Yep. Legitimate could win. Anyway, I hate him. Uh, <laughs> But he was the perfect foil for Jeff Hardy. Right. So they then have this match at Extreme Rules, and it is an outstanding ladder match. It's a TLC match. Actually, it's not a ladder match. It's a TLC. No, it's not. I'm wrong. That's later. It's a ladder match. It's an outstanding match. Very, very good match. Close. It's it's the main event of the show, Mm -hmm. and it ends with one of the best ladder finishes I've ever seen where Jeff Edge is on the ladder, Jeff Hardy's on the ladder, Jeff Hardy kind of stuns Edge with a few shots, climbs back down, pulls Edge's feet through the ladder, so then Edge is stuck inside the ladder hanging there. And then Jeff Hardy climbs up, pulls the title down, new champion. Wow. Jeff is now a two-time world champion. That's amazing. Crowd, berserk, going nuts, great finish. They've wrestled for like, it's like a 25-minute just mm. barn burner. Right. Perfect way you want to do a weapons type, yeah. you know, gimmick match. So he, you know, falls down. He has the title. You know, every, you know, the music's playing. The fans are cheering. Jr. is getting into the ring to interview him, new Aww. champion. And then here comes a power slide, kill switch, engage hits, and here comes CM Punk. Let's go. The Money in the Bank winner Let's of go. WrestleMania 25. <sighs>
his Money in the Bank contract here tonight on Extreme Rules against the new world heavyweight champion. After Jeff Hardy has gone through a ride through, held him back in a ladder match with Edge. What an opportunistic time. Inside cradle, inside cradle, inside cradle. Did he get it? Yeah, two. It Come was on. a two, JR. CM Punk was within a half a second of losing. His money in the bank opportunity has been cashed in. What does Jeff Hardy have left? There can't be much left in the tank. And CM Punk sets Jeff Hardy up for the go to sleep and it connects. For the second time, the go to sleep's connected. Both legs are hooked. And CM Punk has beaten Jeff Hardy. Comes running down with a referee. Jeff Hardy's just prone in the corner holding mm-hmm. on to the belt at this point. Right. He's a sore Punk boy. Punk comes in. Throws the briefcase in the ref's hands and is saying, ring the bell. The ref clears everyone out, clears JR out, grabs the belt from Jeff Hardy, and the bell rings. Jeff Hardy's struggling to his feet, stands up, can't even stand, like using the ropes. Punk just waiting there, grabs, doesn't even do a move, just grabs him, puts him on his shoulders, and hits him with the go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Goes down for the cover, one, two, three. Jeff Hardy kicks out. Crowd goes nuts. <laughs> Jeff Hardy just kicked out of the go to sleep. CM Punk sitting there stunned. Pulls Jeff Hardy up. Gonna go for it again. Jeff Hardy rolls him up for a quick count. One, two, two and a half kick out. Punk, again, just looking frustrated. Like, why? Do, how could I let this happen? Sits there, waits for Jeff Hardy to get up. Kicks him in the head. Pulls him off the ground. GTS. One, two, three, new champion, CM Punk. Wow. Shortest title reign in history. Man. So, that is how the show ends. I'm sure Man. people handled that well. Exactly. Next week on SmackDown, let me be fair, Punk is a face. Has always been a face at this point. A cr- Not fan after fa- that, surely. No, no, no. But he has always been a face. He's a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. He's a... He's a good worker, a different character, a good talker, put on some great matches with John Morrison and ECW for the ECW title, Mm -hmm. has had, you know, was the world champion the year before in a very terrible run that they just never let him do anything and he constantly lost as the champion. It was, anyway. Sounds familiar. The title, it was one of those filler title holds where the main thing was something else and he just had the title. He lost the title without even wrestling. He lost it in a championship scramble match that he was punted by Randy Orton, and then not even a participant. So anyway, this is now his second title run. Okay. Two times in a row, Money in the Bank cash in. Nice. So he comes out on SmackDown to kind of a mixed reaction. Okay. Because the crowd's like, we like CM Punk, but we like Jeff Hardy more. And, you know, we we were happy. And there is an element of like, okay, cashing in is inherently kind of a... Exactly. Douchey thing to do, but like, well, that's it's allowed within the rules. Exactly. And that is exactly what Punk is going on. Oh, okay. Okay. He comes in and says, So I've been getting a bunch, you know, of blowback from this, Mm -hmm. but I don't understand. I did this last year to Edge, and you all loved it. Oh, man. I'm within the, that's what this is. And I decided before this match that I was going to cash it in on whoever won. Because I knew once Jeff Hardy made this a ladder match, I knew this was my chance. So I 
whether it was Edge or Hardy, I was going to cash it in. And so the crowd's still kind of off. But right. it's not heal. It's just right. we kind of didn't we didn't like this. But it well, makes then sense. It Jeff makes Hardy comes sense. out. Right. And he's mad. That's understandable. And he's like, how could you do this to me? Mm-hmm. You stole this from me. And he's like, I didn't steal anything. This is all in the rules. I've never cheated in my life. This whole thing. And so that goes on for a little while. Then the, it ultimately they kind of go back and forth with this sum, and then it sets up a match at the Bash. That's the next pay per view. That's a terrible. There was name the for Great pay-per-view. American Bash, and then and they shortened it to the Bash. bash. That's yes, the worst thing I've ever heard. It, Hang on, we gotta pull the handbrake on this one. That's it's not terrible. Good. It's not good. I would way rather have Great Balls of Fire than the yeah, Bash. Yeah, it's it's pretty terrible. They couldn't just call it like the Bash. Were they trying to get like Bash at the Beach and the Great yeah, American Bash evoked in the same? I guess. Wow, I hate that. I'm yeah, sorry. Okay, carry so, on. So they now have a title match. You know, actually, there was a thing where Edge came out too during that first night. It says, "No, I'm lost the title. I need my <laughs> rematch." And they had him and Jeff Hardy had a number one contenders match, and okay. Jeff Hardy won. Okay, so that was part of all this. Anyway, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? Edge, you're gone. Um, so you know they come out. They're about to have this match. They have this match. It's a good, solid match. Back and forth. Well, at one point, Jeff Hardy hits a swan, or he hits the twist of fate, hits the swanton, crowd going nuts, goes for the cover. One, two, three, new champion. But wait, Punk slid his foot under the bottom rope. Yes, classic. The ref catches it. Okay. Says, the music is playing for Jeff right wow, now. Wow, that's The late. ref says, no, no, no. His foot was under the rope. This match is still going See, on. See, because normally they catch it mm-hmm. at the last second. Like they're counting to three, yeah. and then they stop, and they oh, point Oh, no, the three has been counted, and then wow. the ref goes back and sees this. That's so the match, him at this point. The match restarts. Okay, wow. And it's going back oh, on. Oh, man, that's terrible. And then, so... Punk gets a little bit more offense in, grabs Jeff Hardy for the go to sleep. Jeff Hardy's fighting out of it, elbowing him in the face to get out of it. Punk then drops it and drops to the ground holding his eye. Because mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy's been elbowing him in the, right. in the face, hit him in the eye. Makes sense. He's in the corner just clutching his eye. The ref's checking him. Jeff's trying to get offense in. The ref's saying, no, 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 mm-hmm. he's over here. I'm checking him. Mm-hmm. And Punk's just like, you know, my eye, my, you know, freaking out over his eye. So Jeff Hardy's sitting there like, let's go. So the ref turns to say, hold on. And as he does that, CM Punk kicks the ref in the back. Ref t- falls down, turns, and says, that's it. Disqualification. So Punk's disqualified because for hitting a ref. But? But still champion. Wow. CM Punk. Wow. The whole time Punk's holding his eye, and the, the announcers are like, could he not see? Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. That's it. Punk is then hold the title, walking back to the back, holding his eye. Jeff Hardy's sitting here dumbfounded. Yeah. And then snaps and just heads down the ramp full bore and just attacks CM Punk and just starts beating the crap out of him. Beats the crap out of him. And that's the end. I, I, th- I don't think this was the main event. I think there was something else on the show okay. too. But that was the end of the segment. Man. Well, then on SmackDown, CM Punk comes back out and says... You know, I, I, I've, again, been getting all this hate for this. You could clearly see my eye was injured here. I could not see anything. 
I didn't know I was hitting the ref. I didn't know where Jeff Hardy was. All I knew is he was trying to attack me and I couldn't see and was trying to defend myself. Mm-hmm. I've never taken the easy way out ever. Bad. I've never cheated to win anything. Everything I've done, I've earned. But I'll tell you what was uncalled for was Jeff Hardy coming out and attacking me afterwards. He clearly knew what he was doing. Mine was an accident. His wasn't. Man, then you have Jeff Hardy coming back out saying, you did that on purpose. You knew you couldn't beat me. I had you beat. You knew it. And you took the easy way out and faked an eye injury to get yourself disqualified. And Punk is just like, you know, what? Me? No. He's, this is legitimate. Can we take a moment to just appreciate how good a promo CM Punk oh, is? Oh, it's great. Not even hearing he himself give it, he like you can tell he writes for himself because he talks like a real human being would and uses his intelligence in every circumstance. Like that's that doesn't really make any sense unless you've like seen him cut a promo before. But nobody else does stuff like that like yeah. him to where even like the sketchiest things, they make sense. But but think you know? about this: he's still not a right. Heel like we yet. don't right. That's what I'm saying. Like if anyone else did this, we'd be like, oh yeah, they're cheating. But with right. Punk, you're like, what's he's going still on? like, what's happening? That that's one of the that's, best things about that's this storytelling. Feud. There was no cash in on the good guy. You all suck. I took advantage of this. I'm the best. Yeah. No, this is a slow burn. That's amazing. Right here. And it's slowly building up this disgust with this CM Punk character. Right. One, because he's screwing over Jeff Hardy. Right. Two, because he's being a piece of crap doing it. Mm-hmm. Three, because everything he's saying is true. It's technically at this right. point. Yeah. Which is one of the best things a heel can do. Mm. So, again, other thing, you know, there's it the shows you know stuff is happening they're put in tag matches with other people other stuff's happening Classic. but the, you know but it's it's said that jeff hardy's going to get a rematch at night of champions for the title like 4 weeks later right and cm punk's like great this is fine i'm fighting champion uh-huh. this, i have no problem with this and um so then i i don't remember if it's the next one but a couple of weeks later I think it might be the next week. CM Punk comes out before a match. And the way their promos are is they're going to have a match with someone else. But they come out and talk first mm-hmm. about you know Jeff Hardy or CM Punk. Okay. So Jeff Hardy then comes out. Oh, that I'm sorry. That's what happened. So then later, I think on that show, they're put in a tag match with each other. Ooh. Versus, Dramatic. I think it was Jericho and Edge, and I think they were the tag team champions at the time. Okay. So, they're not going to be a tag team. And that's an interesting match. Because it is going, you know, it's it's kind of a tag match. Jeff Hardy's starting, but then after he, you know, is taking some shots and stuff, he goes to tag Punk. Punk then holds his eye. <laughs> As Jeff Hardy's trying to tag him, and says, I can't go in. I can't go in. My, nice. you know, my eye's acting up. Wow. Then Jeff Hardy gets beat up some more. Wow. So then finally, Jeff Hardy does one of those forced tags late where he just hits him, and then Punk mm-hmm. has to go in. Mm-hmm. And then it's more back and forth, and now Punk's starting to get pummeled a little bit. He goes, and then Jeff Hardy's sitting there like, tag me in, you know, hot tag. Right. I can do, you know, I can do this, right. or, you know, give it to me. And as soon as he goes over to tag him, Jeff Hardy just clutches his eye, man. falls on the ground, starts rolling around, oh, saying, my eye, my eye. And then Punk is sitting there. He then takes a spear from Edge. And 
I don't remember if he gets put in the walls of Jericho, but he takes a spear from Edge and something else, and he loses. He gets mm-hmm. pinned. The champion has gotten pinned. So then the next week, Jeff Hardy comes out with an eye patch. Wow. And, you know, is playing up all this stuff saying, you know, my I don't know what happened. My eye just started hurting. Crazy. And I couldn't do anything about it, you know. And my and he 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 wraps it up with my injury is just as legitimate as CM Punk's and pulls the eye patch off. Wow. So then, later in the show, Punk then comes out for a match against the Great Kali, which is weird. Oh, but man. anyway, he comes out first, grabs the mic, and this is the promo that he does. I want to show you something, Jeff. This is polymoxin B sulfate. I have to apply this to my eye three times a day. The only way you obtain this is with a prescription from a doctor. Now, I know you know a thing or two about prescription medication. What I don't think you realize is that you have to go to a doctor to legally obtain some. Unlike you, Jeff, this is the only foreign substance I will allow in my body. So if you want to imitate me, why don't you try living a clean lifestyle? Why don't you try living a straight-edge lifestyle? Jeff, you've got two strikes. You know how many I have? Zero. Jeff, you know how many times I've been suspended? Zero. You know how many times I've been to a rehab facility? That's right. Zero. And do you know what your chances are of beating me at Night of Champions? Zero. And this whole time, Jeff Hardy is out Ooh. at ringside, like with, is with the announcers because he's going to commentate on the match, and he's sitting there with just this look of disgust with CM Punk. This is the start Jeez. of really where this feud started. Now, this is you... this is really the start of this feud. Now, uh, he had to know that was coming, right? This isn't just like a straight. I would feud. assume so. But I don't for but sure know. But I, not, I would assume, yeah, that, at least that they would. like some but sort still, of heads up. But that's... Very good playing by Jeff Hardy, too. Yeah. Because now this feud is real. Yeah. The best thing wrestling ever does is bring in the real. Mm-hmm. Unless it's stupid. <laughs> then it's dumb. Okay, that's the other takeaway. Undertaker is dumb. not Bailey. Yeah. And wrestling is real. Miz except has when a kid, but he's a heel... That's dumb. Wrestling is great anyway. when it's real, except when it's dumb. That's true. That you're not wrong. So, it's only one of those two things. So this was the first big moment of this feud where it's like, oh, this is real now. Right. And the first and now we see the heel punk right. starting. Right. Because this is now the straight edge punk. Yeah. Which is one of the greatest heel characters in WWE in recent times. <laughs> there is Okay, so a few weeks later, the Punk, 
I, I could read you more. I have I have transcripts of more of his promos. So this then a couple weeks later, Punk fully turns heel. Okay. Because even time, that, like he's being obnoxious, yeah. but like it's but a personal this thing. This time, the next time he comes out, he says he basically saying, Okay, I tried to empathize with all you guys and your weakness. <sighs> He goes, I try, because a couple of times, because in the ring, he had promos with Jeff Hardy too, saying, Jeff, you know, just say no. And he's had a few with Jeff and this has gone back and forth. Right. Jeff, you know, Jeff's saying things, you know, yeah, I've made mistakes, but everyone's made mistakes, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I've learned from all these things and everything. And And there was also a great line where he came out the next week, Jeff Hardy and said, and I've never been to a rehab facility. Everything I've done, I've done myself. I've fixed myself. I've done, you know. You know, I've I've helped myself, and then okay. then Punk comes out and says, "You're bragging about never having been to a rehab facility." He, Jeff Hardy also had said, "And I've been I haven't been suspended in over a year." You know all these things, and Punk's like, "You're bragging about not having been suspended in over a year." Well, that might be good for you, Jeff, but what about me, who's never been suspended? Like things like that. Again, it's both real, valid though. points because that's the first thing but I thought of when time, he's like. You're, but I've never been to rehab. I did it all myself. You're like, that but, doesn't sound legitimate But Jeff at all. Hardy is one of the just greatest. This character I mean, he's Jeff good enough is to, so good because right. you do empathize with Jeff mm. where you're like, yeah, nobody's perfect. Right. We get it. Right. This is someone who's fought to fix things. Like, So there's this empathy. And then you have the punk high horse. I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm better than everybody. Mm-hmm. You need to live like me, Jeff. Bad. Because... I'm perfect. So then he comes out a couple weeks later and says, you know, I tried to empathize with all of your weakness. He's just talking to the crowd at this point. He's like, I tried to get you guys to just say no. But all that did was make you love Jeff Hardy that much more. Man. And I figured out why. And he says, but this doesn't matter. I will persevere through this. And I will teach you guys what is right and wrong. Oh, man. And he goes, and I found out why you like Jeff Hardy so much. It's because you're all weak. Like him. He's one of you. And he just goes through this whole promo as just berating the fans for how dumb they are. For their drug abuse and their alcohol abuse and their smoking. (laughs) I mean, basic stuff like... He literally just says, and those of you that smoke are just stupid. The Surgeon General prints a warning label on every pack of cigarettes saying these cause cancer. (laughs) And you continue to do them. I love him so much. It is just, he just, he goes on to, you know, talking about marijuana. And it's great because he says, he, he says like, but he doesn't say marijuana or anything like that he says funny cigarettes oh no that's worse no, that's so much worse it's clearly because i don't think he's allowed to say it but he really i don't i that's well, just what i'm assuming it's more obnoxious if he is playing I don't think, like this sanctimonious they never, guy who they never say, say any name of any drug oh okay at I any point you. they I just say you. they'll say painkillers or something oh but right. they're never going to say the name of drugs. there's some like so TV he says rating funny cigarettes sure. that's amazing and there's a part of the crowd that cheers when he says this. It's you can almost see Punk being like, "Thank you, 
Because then he just says, and you obviously know what I'm talking about because you cheer. And that oh, is yes. just sad. Yes. That's pathetic. Oh, he goes, so I can't good. even imagine this. Because it's not just bad for you. It's illegal. You are all criminals. <laughs> and it just keeps going. <laughs> then he talks about alcohol and, say, and, he, and, he, you know, and he goes... You know that's a it's a gateway drug. Oh and man! If you've even had one drink, I consider you an alcoholic. <laughs> but he's saying, but then he's saying like, I know what you guys do. You come out and say, I'm just gonna have one drink. But then that's two, and that's three, and then before you know it, you've had all these shots, and your head's now in the toilet. Classic. That's alcoholism. And he's just like, why would you want to do that? Well. And again, everything he says is tr- is right, is right. true. That's why it's so that's why, frustrating. That's why it pisses people. you off if you do smoke and you're like, I know it's on there. Right. And so <laughs> that's what he just keeps doing. So he goes, he whether you like it or not, you deserve better. So I understand why you people love Jeff Hardy so much. I understand why Jeff loves you. It's because you're all weak. Whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, you deserve better. This entire world deserves better. What you need is a leader. You need a strong leader who's going to stand up in the face of adversity and just say no. You need a strong leader that's going to carry the banner of the World Heavyweight Championship with honor, with pride, respect, dignity, integrity, and class. What you people need is a straight-edge world heavyweight champion. You need C.M. Punk. That is the button on that promo. It's probably like a 12-minute promo of him just doing that. And it is outstanding. To be honest, I'll give credit to Punk too because he could easily just eat Jeff Hardy. Just Mike-wise. Not yeah. not not presence-wise or ring-wise or, or but, but, but he just can talk circles around. And him. and, it, and it's and he still does cuz that's not Jeff Jeff Hardy is short to the point promos mm-hmm. that are real, that are right. genuine. But they're not this. Yeah. And he can't really come back to this mm-hmm. but he does it where when he does come back punk plays it up so it works okay so he never tramples jeff hart right he doesn't like just bury him to make himself look better right yeah so that that is this build up to the night of champions okay so the match comes and another very solid match and this is the main event of the show and, and at this point this is smackdown or raw they're on their separate shows, but the pay-per-views are have always pretty much been together. Okay. So this is this is the main event. And the match goes back and forth. Very good match. Probably about a 18 to 20 minute match. Okay. Jeff Hardy at one point grabs him, twist of fate, swan or actually, CM Punk hits him with a go to sleep at one point, and Jeff Hardy kicks out. Which at this point. Finishers are kicked out of, but it's not nearly the travesty that it is today mm-hmm. where every single match on Raw, you yeah. have people kicking out of finishers. Finishers meant something back then. Pause. 
remember when I was always saying like one of my favorite parts about the build up to WrestleMania was that everybody was pinned with one spear and one F five. So yeah. like when you got hit with one of those it meant something. Yeah. And then Roman kicked out of seventeen F fives at WrestleMania yeah. and just like if there was a health bar for a finisher, it just went all the way down to zero after yep. that. Yep. Whew. Yeah. So anyway, Boy, that, Punk oh Punk hits a GTS and Jeff Hardy kicks out, and Punk is shocked. Uh-huh. How could this happen? This is my move. This this is my this was my my win. Yeah. So he then says, "Forget this." Gets out of the ring, grabs the title, and starts to walk out. Yeah. Just like forget this. My eye. And then. Jeff Hardy is slowly getting to his feet, sees this, limps out of the ring, starts running down the ramp, grabs him, throws him back in the ring, twist of fate, gets up on the top rope, swanton bomb, one, two, three, new world heavyweight champion, Jeff Hardy. Crowd goes nuts. Nice. And no money in the bank to cash right. in this time. Right. So the show ends and he's champion. Great facial expressions by Jeff Hardy, who's one of the best sellers of all time. He's just fantastic. I always figured that was just because he was actually in a tremendous amount of pain. I I think part of it might be, but he is just he makes every move look like a million bucks. Okay, and and his facial expression, like his pain, anyway, everything. He just won this title, and mm-hmm. it you feel the weight of it, especially because of what we've seen him and everything. Right. So then on SmackDown, he comes out, gets kind of his celebration, and then you know Punk comes out. Goes to shake his hand. Says, you won. Shakes his hand. Says, give me a mic. Grabs a mic and says, Jeff, I just want to come out and congrats. And just hits him with the mic. And just starts pummeling Jeff Hardy. And it is a great moment. It is a great moment. So close. And he just starts beating the crap out of him. Beats the crap out of him. Beats the crap out of him. Leaves. Next week, comes out. You know, says you know, says all the stuff. Does some more of his promos and stuff, and ends up matches happen and something. And he ends up beating up Jeff Hardy again. This time, way worse. Okay. Like he, the biggest thing is he puts his head in a open steel chair and then oh, shoves man. it into the ring post. Those always look nasty. Yeah, and he is just beating the crap. Jeff Hardy is a mess. Yeah. At this, pulls him out on a stretcher he does the thing where he like goes back like tw- two and three times mm-hmm. is like leaving and then comes back dumps and him out of the more. stretcher yeah. yeah so he leaves and teddy long comes out and says we can't we can't have this out here you know this right. is not this is not good all this vince mcmahon's kind of going back and forth to putting teddy long on suspension and probation and stuff because he can't control his wrestlers and that's another thing but um and then you know he the doctors are saying that Jeff Hardy might not be able to compete at TL or at uh, SummerSlam, which is the next pay per view, because mm-hmm. of this beating that he's taken. Well, then Jeff Hardy comes out, limping, holding the title belt. This right. is not the Jeff Hardy we're used to seeing, right? And says, "I don't care. I'm I'm fighting in this. Fighting like, I don't care." Yeah. And then like a couple, then like another week later, it's now going to be a TLC match at SummerSlam. For the world heavyweight title. This is a match that Jeff Hardy helped pioneer. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Punk does the same thing kind of with Edge. I win ladder matches. I won back-to-back Money in the Bank ladder matches. So that's part of this thread too. And, you know, Jeff Hardy's still playing up kind of the injury from getting beaten up and everything. 
And uh, so they do this weird thing on SmackDown where there's like 30,000 ladders set up everywhere. And then there's one in the middle of the ring and the title's up there. And Jeff Hardy's like sitting on top of this ladder doing his promo talking about like, you know, this is my, this is where I'm comfortable. Uh Everything from the mat up is mine and it's owned by me. That's great. And it's good stuff and all this stuff. So, and Punk Punk comes out and is doing his stuff. He still is making comments about Jeff Hardy being high, which is pretty clever. That is pretty and uh, I, I can't stress enough how hateable CM Punk is during all of this. As big as big of a fan now as I am of CM Punk later, yeah. and even as I was before yeah. this, you you there was no way to like like CM Punk I, doing yeah. this. And I can't like, as much as you can respect how good of a heel well, this that, is. Right, this is like like Chimpana level heel. Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Champa. Champa. I can never pronounce Tomasio his name right. Champa. Chimpa. Why would you give him a terribly hard to pronounce name? I just don't understand. It's foreign. I don't know. I don't care. That's the. That's anyway, the that's like though. that's the only thing I like about WWE changing names is when they make them actually pronounceable. Anyway, it's like Champa, like. Chomp, okay. Chomp. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, it's like that level, where right. it's just no matter how much you respect him for being a great heel, yeah. you still don't like him, time, and you're gonna such... boo him. You that's that and it's requires rare. so much talent. That's it's like a testament. Rare. Like I legit, I don't one. I don't think it matters anyway. But like legitimately, I think if he wanted to come back now to WWE and get booed, he could get people to boo him. I think he's that yeah. good. I think so too. So um, another thing that happened leading up to this was, oh yeah, they had a rematch. At, uh, on a, on um they had a title match on SmackDown. This was part of that time when Jeff Hardy was really hurt, and Punk was then saying, "Oh, you're a wimp for this. Give me my rematch clause." And also, so he does. He limps out and says, "Wow, I'll do it." And then you know they kind of fight, and they're getting fighting beforehand and stuff. So Teddy Long comes out, and then Vince McMahon comes out and says, "You're doing this." So he says, "You're gonna have we're gonna have an enforcer." So the match is ready. This is the main event of SmackDown. Okay. And who comes out as the enforcer? But Matt Hardy. Well, that doesn't seem stoic fair. face, heel Matt. Okay, walking down to the ring, okay. no emotion, and everyone's like, "What? <clears throat> they just had this intense feud." Yeah. How is this right? Well, then during the match, Matt stays out. He's just standing on ringside, just watching. Mm-hmm. And at one point. Jeff, Jeff Hardy's on the outside. CM Punk goes out for a baseball side, kicks Matt Hardy. So then the match is going in. CM Punk goes for a roll-up. Matt Hardy comes in, pulls him off of Jeff Hardy, Ooh. and says, what are you doing? You can't hit me. I'm, I'm an official I'm the enforcer. Here. Jeff Hardy rolls him up. Matt Hardy comes in because he's an official. Counts one, two, three. Not even a fast count, but counts one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy wins. Wow. Matt Hardy is now good again. And he does a promo where he's like, you know, I was I was wrong with all this stuff. I Sorry just got, about that. I just got super jealous Lol. when I saw him win the title. Right. And, you know, but he's forgiven me and we're good now. So that was another little weird thread that I'd totally forgotten about until I funny. watched it again. And, well, I love that, though, because, like, your first thought as a, you know, smart fan watching that is, oh, well, he's a heel. He's going to screw Jeff Hardy. 
But then it's also so easy to imagine a world where he realigns. Right. He's like, no, blood is thicker right. than any of this. So it, that, it, it's perfect. Yeah, it's very... A, you a can brother see feud is perfect because you can flip them as many times as you want and it always That rule sense. does not apply to Nikki and Brie Bella. Nope, we don't have to talk about that. Don't <laughs> that even, don't been an spoil my Woo! great thing. That might be the worst women's that. match I've ever uh, seen. It's awful. Bless their heart. So, um... So, yeah. So, this is now setting up a TLC match at SummerSlam. Right. One of the big four. This is the main event of SummerSlam. Because this is the hottest feud going right now. Yeah. This is the realest feud where we have a straight-up white meat baby face that everybody cheers for. And a despicable heel that everybody boos. Yeah. So, here it comes. The match. And this is an outstanding match. It is fantastic. I think it got like four and a half stars from Meltzer. Like it was one of it was in the top ten, I think, highest rated matches of two thousand nine. Wow. Huge match. Fantastic. Back and forth match. Another great use of all the weapons, but still in a storyline where it's not just a spot fest. Yeah. Everything makes sense. Everything's done well. You know, both guys get their stuff in. Well, at one point. They're on the outside. Jeff Hardy is, has beaten the crap out of Punk with a chair at this, and throws him on the announcer's table, grabs this 20-foot ladder. Sets it up on the outside, climbs to the top, swanton bomb through the announcer's table. Mm. Place is already going nuts and right. is now unglued. Yeah. Stretcher comes out. These guys aren't moving. Yeah. Jeff Hardy, they put on the stretcher. CM Punk is at this point starting to limp his way into the ring. So the crowd's going nuts because Jeff Hardy's being stretchered out. Right. And Punk is cl- slowly climbing into the ring. Jeff Hardy says no, gets off the stretcher, says, what are you doing? I'm in the middle of a match. Classic. Limps into the ring. Punk's limping up the ladder. Jeff Hardy's limping up the ladder. Stops him. Tries to pull him down. Can't. Punk starts to climb near the top, near the belt. Jeff Hardy climbs up, starts to you know fight him off. Punk fighting him off back and forth. Well, then Punk then climbs down, kicks Jeff Hardy in the ribs, Punches him off the ladder. Jeff just free falls straight down to the mm. mat. Punk pulls the title down. Oh, New man. champion. CM Punk wins the match. And then they did a little weird thing where Punk's then standing over Jeff Hardy with the title belt. The lights go out. Undertaker appears. Pops up. And I, I don't remember if he tombstoned or choke slammed. I think it's a choke slam because I think I've seen that clip. But yeah, Hits him. And then that's the way the show ends. Which is a little premature. Which I guess because we the... still have SmackDown. Oh jeez, okay, SmackDown so comes in. I guess the thinking is okay. Well, the heel just won, but like, let's give them something. Yes, exciting. But, but okay, this anyway. isn't over yet. Okay. SmackDown comes in. Both men are just destroyed at this point. Yeah. 
but they're now going to have a cage match for the world title. You know, a few, you know, week after SummerSlam. Okay. And they're both like, all right. <clears throat> well, then at one point, I don't remember if Jeff mentions it or if Punk mentions it. I just watched it, but it was like 1 a.m. Yeah. And I was tired. But, um, and says, you're, I think Punk says, you're all for taking risks, Jeff. So why don't we make this even bigger? There's not room enough here for the two of us on this show or in this company. So later in this cage match, the loser will leave WWE for good. And Jeff is saying, you know, that is a pretty big risk. You're on. (laughs) And so Teddy Long comes out and makes it official. The loser of this match leaves WWE. And then this is at the beginning of the show. So then other stuff happens. And this then is on a, SmackDown. Yes, this is Good on SmackDown. Grief. And then there's a segment where Matt is confronting Jeff and is like, What? Are you sure you want to do this? I know you're all about high risk stuff, but yeah. are you sure you want to do this? And he's like, Yes, I can beat him and we need him gone. And again, talking about how smart, like, I mean, I'm sure he didn't come up with this, but like Punk as a character, yeah. knowing to play into that side of his personality. Right. That's just so... That's his whole thing is Punk's making... Saying, you live for the moment. But like real... But I... And and another great line he had in one promo is he says, you need to stop living in your moment and start living in my reality. Which is a great line. line. That was a good promo That's like the thing that sucks about WWE sometimes is there's no like character-driven storytelling, but that's a great example of it. it is. For both of them. Where he knows like to his face, he's like, I know you're not going to be able to turn this down. But at the same time, Punk is risking it too. It's not just like, oh, if you lose, you're gone. Right. It's for both of them. No, it goes both ways. And, you know, so Matt is kind of being like, you sure you want to do this? And he's like, yeah, you know, we need him gone and all this stuff anyway. So the match happens in a cage classic match another outstanding match like a 20 something minute match they give them time back and forth trying to escape grabbing them back in you know going you know near falls everything mm-hmm. jeff hardy at one point is literally out of the cage but then punk grabs his head and so jeff is just dangling from like the edge of the cage where all he has to do is fall mm-hmm. and Oh, man, I totally forgot to mention another great aspect of this feud. The commentary team is Todd Grisham and JR. This is when JR was moved to SmackDown, and JR was not happy about it. Yeah. And I didn't realize this at the time as a kid. He is not happy to be there, and it comes across. (laughs) And and there are times when he's like, oh, Oh, this is now happening? Well, that's news to us. Like, he's flat out saying this on the air. That's amazing. But at the same time, he's still outstanding. So you're Mm -hmm. getting JR calling this feud. Mm Mm-hmm. And at this point in this match, when they're just on top, JR's just like, for the love of God, Jeff, just, just fall off. <laughs> just, you need, just win this match. Just, you know, he's just, you know, it's he's, great. He's just it's snapped. great. He's just like, just, just, you know, just throw your body over this cage. Just open just the door get and walk out. out. Of this match. That's so funny. Like, you know, who cares what's going to happen to you? This is, your career's on the line. Yeah. Uh, it's, only JR could pull this off. And the match, back and forth, back and forth. At one point, they're on top. On top of the match, Punk's trying to get out. Jeff Hardy's trying to pull him back in. They're exchanging blows. Punk then punches him in the face, 
shoves him off. Jeff Hardy falls all the way to the mat. Punk drops down. Punk wins. Punk is still champion. Jeff Hardy has to leave WWE. And Punk is just sitting there laughing, waving by, holding on to his title. The cage goes up. Jeff Hardy is now just standing, just sitting in the ring. Mm -hmm. Crowd first was just dead silent, like stunned. Yeah. People are crying. I haven't seen people cry in a while. This is insane because this is just an episode of SmackDown, and they didn't yes. advertise this beforehand, right? Like they no, just showed is, up to the show. Th- I think like, this might have been advertised like earlier in the day, right? But yeah, but this it's like, is by just the happened. way, yeah. you're just somebody's retiring tonight. And so Jeff is sitting there, and then cuts basically like a farewell promo. You know, I've loved doing this for ten years. It had been at that point or whatever. And, mm-hmm. And all this, and this isn't goodbye forever. This is goodbye for now. And he puts the mic down, heads out of the ring. And we do not see Jeff Hardy again until WrestleMania 33. Man. Last year. That's amazing. He was gone for that long. I never he knew was that gone was for when he almost 10 left. years. Like, it was because this happens all the time. Right. We see loser leaves WWE career right. match. And how long does it last? A month, maybe. Even when punks lasted like two weeks. So it just, you know, it just doesn't happen. But this was real. This happened. He was gone. And I don't remember exactly what all the reasons were. Um, But, you know, he had decided to leave. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was just perfectly done. This is one of the best feuds of the past 20 years. And it's one of the best views, I think, of all time because it is two guys who are fantastic, a pure white meat baby face, which is always better if they're over. Right. Now, it's hard for them That's to be over. That's tricky about but it. So if it's they impressive are, when they are. It's yeah. so much better for a feud when you have an actual heel and an actual baby it's face. It's so fun. Like, that was fun. And I think either one of us could have talked about this, but the last NXT with Johnny Wrestling and Ciampa. Yes, like, yes. I it forgot was what that felt like. As it's a wrestling great. fan, to root for the good guy when everyone else is rooting for the good guy, like mm-hmm. it's, it's wonderful. That's super fun. It's the best. That's what wrestling is supposed to be. Yeah. That's what it's made for. And you have to work a lot harder for and it now than you nowadays, did in the 80s. Because nowadays, it's not just, you know, fans make it hard, but... At least WWE just doesn't care it's about both. heels and baby faces, really. And then, and then fans are a big part to blame too, because they just mm-hmm. cheer for whoever they they like, no I matter mean, what. Right. And that's again, bring it back. That's like to Punk's credit. And there's only a few other people I can think of. The Miz is one of them. Yeah. That even though they are liked by the crowd, mm-hmm. they will still get booed. But this is before Punk good. was universally liked. Yeah, that's He true. was that's liked true. by some hardcore fans because he was from Ring of Honor. Yeah. He was an indie guy. Right. So he was liked by hardcore wrestling fans. And then he was liked by casual wrestling fans just mm-hmm. as a baby face, as a good baby face. Right. But he wasn't a superstar. He wasn't in like the, like you have, like I think of Kevin Owens as like, he's yeah. so good that he's hard to boo. Yeah. Even when no, he's No, he wasn't at that point. Because yeah. he was just such a hateable heel mm-hmm. where you just hated hearing him talk. And this sparked a great heel run for CM Punk yeah, I've seen as some the straight edge saber. Oh, it was amazing. The rumble is so much fun The rumble, watch. I was at that one. Yeah. Didn't appreciate it at the time. Right. But now, looking back on it, dude. Oh, he's so fun to watch. And I've watched that one. And he is great. And he then had his little cult following. Yes, dude, that's Where the... he would get them in and shave their head yes. and they would be his thing. He grew that out a beard. Amazing. He became wrestling Jesus. Yeah, before Seth Rollins did it. And it was just... 
so I love that. It was good. It was rem- really good. Luke rem- Gallows mm-hmm. was the first guy. Mm-hmm. He had this we- girl Serena who never yeah. heard from again after that. And then, but and this this was the start of that whole heel run. I this is unrelated. I want to say she was in the May Young Classic. I don't. I have no but idea. I could be wrong. But I remember them talking about that and thinking, "Oh, that's cool," because I remember seeing that. Yeah, I just love. I yeah, no, I could watch that Rumble performance. Yeah, it, it I is. I wish good. it had lasted longer. Like I remember, <laughs> God bless him. Second time he's come up, Zack Ryder. Yeah, I love him. That's he awesome. is exactly where he needs to be in wrestling. He comes yep. out and Punk's like, "Wait, wait, wait! I can save you. I can." And then he nope. hits him with the mic and throws him <laughs> over the top rope. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, but oh, this, this was the start of that whole feud. Then he goes on to have a feud with Undertaker, which mm-hmm. was another very good feud. Yeah. And kind of helped cement Punk as kind of a bigger guy. This whole this was the start of Punk. It was really kind of a changing of from Jeff Hardy to CM Punk yeah. in a way. Yeah. Because Jeff Hardy was the established superstar, and then Punk became a superstar yeah. with this feud. This is, this is what ascension. made Punk yeah. become a top you know, a borderline top guy. Right. Which then he became a top, top guy later in 2011. But this really yeah. started it. Mm-hmm. And so for the next two years, he did this straight edge thing, then kind of was stuck in NXT, and then we have the pipe bomb. Yep. And the rest is history. And I'm kind of surprised, but also proud of us that neither one of us did that because we absolutely could have. I, I thought about and it. And I think both of us wanted to pick something that the other wouldn't do or wouldn't know super yeah. well. Which I feel like hopefully worked out better. Yeah, but I just I wanted I really wanted to do this because this was the first great great feud I watched as a kid. Yeah, and at the same time, two thousand nine was the last great year I think of WWE I was for, say a was dead for a long time. For a long time, um, two thousand nine was a great year because during right at the end of this feud, SummerSlam was the beginning of the Randy Orton John Cena feud, which was outstanding this year for the WWE title. Where they had like about four classic matches in a row, including mm-hmm. a I Quit match, uh, Iron Man match, and Hell in a Cell match. It was an outstanding. Like this was the mm-hmm. last time both those guys to me were really, really relevant. Right. Um, Orton more so than Cena. And it was. This was like, the last time I really thought Orton was very, really and this good. Wasn't something that we've seen a million times right. like it would become right you know, well then then, then Orton had the legacy thing and then he had the feud with Punk mm-hmm. and some of the he had some good stuff but that feud with Cena to me is Orton's peak yeah um, maybe I don't know about Cena for sure but it was definitely up there for Cena man too. I would love to see Randy Orton get one more great run because this is a total tangent he needs to be a heel but like I think when I think I of hate Randy face Orton Randy Orton that's it's a mistake I hate him it's awful it's a mistake it's awful if because I feel like he's the kind of guy and Look, obviously, none of us know what we're talking about here in this podcast. But, like, the story around Randy Orton is that he is, like, the most talented pro wrestler to ever walk this earth. And he's just going at about 70%. Yeah, because he he doesn't really care. Well, and he can be that good and... He doesn't have have to 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 be really good. I just... I would love to see him get something that he can sink his teeth into and say, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I would like... It would be nice. It would. I mean, and I think, like, he's great... Just for like, again, I was introduced to wrestling with Daniel Bryan's run up to WrestleMania 30. Right. Randy Orton is a huge part of that. And as the, you know, right-hand man to Triple H fighting the Shield, he's a huge part of that. Yep. Without like that as the established authority heel, I don't know what he is. Mm-hmm. Other than meme. 
Yeah. And I love the RKO, but like oh, yeah, honestly that going viral might be one of the worst things to happen to him. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. But yeah, so that's that's one of my favorite feuds of that's all awesome, time. Man. It's just it was so good. Mm-hmm. Started punk. Yeah. It was the last thing for Hardy until now. Now he's back yeah. and going strong. But I went, dude, I wish I could have watched that WrestleMania with you just to see your face when they came back. You should have been there. Cuz I freaked out and I didn't even like I'd never seen the Hardys before. I knew what the broken stuff was. I had, and I knew, like, I'd read they were probably coming, like, the next night or in a right. few weeks. I knew they were Nobody coming Nobody thought soon. they were coming that night. Nope. You, that's one of the that's biggest another, workouts I've ever had a little in mini my episode. Life. Let's just talk about this for a second. The New Day comes out. This is, this is our t- third topic. The New Day comes out. They say, hey, guess what? There's a new team announced. They're in their ring gear. They're like, ready. They're decked out. And the crowd were like, New Day's going to enter themselves into the match. But everybody bites, right? Because the crowd, gonna, and the, everybody the crowd, goes, who, who, the, the crowd wasn't mad. They were no, just kind of like, all right, all this right, will be fine. fine. Like, cool. They're going to cool. do it. They're like, who, who? And then the drums kick in, and everyone loses their mind. That's one of the loudest pops I've ever heard. It was amazing. Michael Cole, I know he gets a lot of grief, but when he calls one and it's good, it sticks in my mind. It does. And he says, wrestling, things are about to be broken. And you're like, wait. The Hardys are here. Are they broken? Did he say that? Are they allowed to say that? What is happening? Mm. And then they won the match. Yep. Titles. That won was the titles. Like, that was like a dream. Just 25 minutes yes, of pure it was. fever dream. Yes, it was. That's I was like, so happy. That's the most fantasy booked thing. The two biggest things I've, I've ever marked ever out for in my entire life. Both happened last year. Wow. Or that year. Hardys coming back. Goldberg beating Lesnar. Oh, dude, I lost my. Those are the two biggest markouts I've ever had, and we're totally off topic, so we need to. No, we, you know, this is what we love about wrestling. I don't even know if I can fit this long of a podcast in our thing. Might be a two-parter, baby. It might have to be. We'll see. So this is the second part. Thank you for listening to both parts. And if this is still the first part, thank you for listening to nearly two hours in. That's fine. But this is, you know. This, this is, is it. why this we decided to do this. Yeah, we knew it was going to be last long, episode because and we were fine with yeah, that. Yeah, the gist of this show is like, hey, this is you know, I think as a wrestling fan, you have to be able to say, hey, this is kind of dumb sometimes. Right. But man, when it's good, there's nothing in the world like it. It's true. It's true. But you have to wade through so much crap to get to. Yeah, the good well, stuff. you know, that's part of that's part of it. But that's also what makes it so exciting when, like, on a random episode of Monday Night Raw. CM Punk sits down and crosses his legs and just Ugh. goes. Me and my dad you, were in shock. Dude, when you pay a ticket to like just go to a random episode of SmackDown and they're like, yeah, Jeff Hardy's retiring tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it right there. I mean, I just, yeah. That's the, you know, it just comes out of nowhere. And a lot of times it is kind of an art to say, okay, I'm going to focus on the good and ignore the bad because there is a lot of bad. It's hard. But there is always, like I said at the beginning of the show, there's always something to keep you invested. I don't. I don't care about the universal title anymore. Nobody does. I do not care. Short of Phil Brooks, like, kicking Brock Lesnar in the nards on night 433 of his universal <laughs> title reign, and he loses the title, Yeah. like, I, I can't imagine myself caring about the universal title. Right. But, you, like I said at the beginning of the show, you have Seth Rollins sitting here with the Intercontinental title saying... I'm going to make this the title. I'm going to be here every he's week. He's the ninth person. Somebody come out here and fight me for this title Which he's the ninth week. person in a row to hold the Intercontinental Championship and say that. Okay, but he's actually, he's trying to do the John Cena thing. He's holding the open challenge. If he does that until SummerSlam, like, it's 
it's going to be huge. It's and I'm fine. super like it might not be good, but I, I have that to look forward to. You know, what I I'm liked saying? that for the John Cena thing. I don't really think that's the best thing here. I like to see feuds. Yeah, especially for a title. Especially when it's the it's your only title yeah. now on that well, show. With the lack of any television championship, I love that like week in and week out. I have that to look forward to. True, That's that true. is really cool to me. And That's I true. again, it might be bad, but this is just my overall point. Like, there's always something yeah. to keep me watching. Yeah, you know? they're, they're yeah. I mean, and it's they, AJ Nakamura right now is the thing yeah, keeping they keeping um, everyone watching. Dude, so Daniel Bryan and the Miz, they're gonna yeah, that's, that's gonna, gonna be, be great a, too. They yeah. might they're gonna slow burn that to at least SummerSlam, yeah, not WrestleMania. For sure, dude, for imagine sure. just like I think SummerSlam probably. Boy, Miz, we are dating this podcast. It doesn't. <laughs> if you're listening to this in three years, let us know how it went. Yeah, thank you. Like, I mean, but like, I'm gonna totally fantasy book here for a second, but I feel like we just established sometimes that can happen. Just imagine Miz wins money in the bank, gets the title by the end of the year, Brian wins the Rumble, and he's fighting the Miz for the title it would at be WrestleMania. Great. Like, and Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar will still main event. Oh, it will. 100%. <laughs> but, like, it's you yeah. got to focus on the good stuff. And there is always good stuff. And I, whenever they decide to actually have Bailey and Sasha Banks feud, it's going to be good. They haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. They refuse to do it. It's really annoying. Yes, it is. But when you give those two, you say, hey, you have four months and we're going to be blowing it off at SummerSlam, at Survivor Series, at WrestleMania, whatever. Like, they're going to do it. And it's going to be great. It is. Boy. You know what? You know what? Okay. While we're still fan, you know what? No. No, no, no. We're going to end the show. We need in the show. We'll, we'll we're, Skype we're, a we're, fantasy booking session. Someday. We are nearly two hours in. Thank you guys thank so you much for, for listening. listening. Yeah, we. Um, I had a lot of fun doing this. Yeah, just getting to dig into all the weird stuff about wrestling. Because that you, was the point. You have to be able to understand that this is a ridiculous thing that we love. That's the only way you can really appreciate it is by knowing yeah. about how dumb it is. Right, and that's the other thing. When you've seen the depths of it, you can appreciate the good stuff. Which I like that we got to talk about that a little bit. Hopefully, it was entertaining to listen to. Even if you know where it was going. But. You know the most, I just thought of this right now. The perfect correlation with wrestling. The only thing, me, like pop, like culture, pop culture, media-wise, I can think of that's anywhere close to professional wrestling is the 1966 Batman show. <laughs> I just thought of this okay. right now. It's totally random, but okay. think of this. We'll, we'll flesh this out. Wrestling, older, older fans respect it for what this is and the cleverness of it and this and they understand okay. it's ridiculous okay but there's little pieces that are really okay. good in this and then kids love it because they think it's real okay and they take it seriously yeah because you do take it seriously as a and that's kid. the like, exact that same way that show that's actually a really when you're good a kid because i grew up watching my dad show i grew up watching that show mm-hmm. it's batman yeah it's just bad, and it's super. It's not intense. funny. It's just bad. Like, yeah, that's right. They're they're about they're to exactly die right. after they every are, episode. They are. It's so intense. But then, as a, as an as an adult, you see this and you're like, this is a comedy. Yeah. It's a deadpan comedy that's brilliant and hilarious. Yeah. How seriously every character is taking everything, and, and they're saying something like, "Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb." Amazing. With a seriously perplexed face, holding this giant yeah. cartoon-looking bomb with a sparkler it's on top of it. It's incredible. Like to me, that is professional yeah. wrestling. Professional yeah, wrestling is that you can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> Adults laughing at it, being like, "That's brilliant," and yeah. kids being like, "Oh my gosh, he has a bomb." And I talked about this in the past. I remember, like, I will forever like. 
Daniel Bryan and CM Punk with the pipe bomb and that storyline, which I went back and watched later, is what got me into wrestling. Yep. Bailey is one of the things that helped cement that. But the first thing I ever remember watching in wrestling was Santino Morella hitting somebody with the Cobra. That's the dumbest yep, thing. Yep. That's the kind of thing that people will get like angry about. But yep. that's an important thing for someone like me who has never watched wrestling and from the age of like seven was like, what, that's fake, it's so dumb. And never gave it the time of day until I saw that happen. Because that's the moment where I was like, oh, this is, they get, they're in on it. I, you have I, to, it's not that there aren't moments in wrestling that can be taken seriously, because there definitely right. are. But you have to have that moment where you're like, okay, this is an inherently silly thing that we're doing right now. Like, this is this is theater, you right. know? Yeah, it is. And that's like... It's a soap opera. Bringing it back to Bailey, this is the thing that I love about her. Like, because whenever we go to, like, a pay-per-view or we go to see Raw, I love watching the kids. Because, like, yeah. at the end of the day, if we think... This is not a perfect example. Because you can still, like expect more of your storytelling but like the kid in the front row who genuinely loves roman reigns is just as important as we are Mm -hmm. he might not have as much disposable income right i bought a lot of stupid wrestling stuff (laughs) in my time but like that's a part of the show you know and that's again i i use bailey because that's the one where she is so clearly like meant for little kids to look up to but when done right you can tell a story with that that appeals to everybody. Yeah. And that's what I love about wrestling. And I love that you mentioned the fact that your introduction to wrestling was that. Because I feel like there's really only two types of people that are wrestling fans, ultimately. You either grew up watching wrestling or something made you get it. Yeah. And I think it's really hard to get when you don't grow up with it. It's really hard... I don't know. You might be the only person I know that's a wrestling fan that didn't grow up watching it. I'm the only person I know. Like it doesn't happen because you get that a lot. You tell people and they're like, they're the other way. They say, oh yeah, I watched that growing up, right? And then I stopped because for most people they realize that it's fake, and then they tune out. To me, I always knew it was fake. Mm -hmm. To me, I thought it was real. That was what brought me back into it. I remember being furious. I hated Kevin Nash with an actual passion for screwing Goldberg, like. It was well, real now to me you as still a kid. do, I know. honestly. But it's to a different. It's on a different level, though. It was on a. Ca- it was on Russo. a. Ca- it was on a kayfabe level as a kid. He cheated, you know yep. that type of thing. But anyway, you know. So to me, I came from it from a serious standpoint. Mm-hmm. You came at it from the ridiculous standpoint, yeah. And you were able to appreciate that first, yeah. Well, it's that for me. It was the other way. I had to appreciate that later yeah well it's that marriage it's like oh okay they know this is silly they're in on the joke and then you see somebody like daniel bryan who says you guys have been holding me back you've been telling me i'm not good enough i'm too small i don't have the right look for years i am the best wrestler in this company i deserve a title shot and you hear that and you think wait oh is is that real Mm -hmm. and then you look it up and like that's been happening and he hasn't gotten a title push for years. That's and they clearly do think fantastic. of him. And then you realize that, no, it is, it's fake, but it's real. Yep. You know, like I joke all the time on Twitter whenever something insane happens in wrestling and you get a great gif of it. I always just quote it with, if wrestling is fake, then explain this. Like, ha ha, wink and a nod. <laughs> like, I think that's important. But we've touched on this a lot. Like, wrestling is at its best when it's real. When it taps into that element of 
actual passion right and story whether it's actually happening in real life or just again i think of someone like bailey who's just able to tap into that emotion and respect and like being a good person and trying to do the right thing like that's all any kind of storytelling is it's true that's true so with that we will be done finally you're welcome you made it through all this you did it uh tweet us and we'll send you yes a prize i don't no, think we, that's no true. we won't but... i have a i have a lot of wrestling t-shirts i might send you one <laughs> if you're nice to me but yeah uh so you know if you want to give us any feedback rate the show review the show on itunes tell your friends yeah you can go back and listen to all of our episodes are all up on itunes or on our podcast website which is I link to all the time on our Twitter page at behind underscore gorilla. It's pretty easy to find. Not too many things have behind and gorilla in them, so you can just type that, and it, I'm sure it'll come up. It's branding, baby. It is true. Uh, it was. I took a while for me to come up with that name. But yeah, and thank like you guys fun. so much. Either you just found this episode because your friends told you about it, which is what I just said, which would be awesome. Or you've been listening this whole time. Either way, we really appreciate it. Hit mm-hmm. us up anytime if you just want to talk about wrestling yeah. or. I guess anything else, although this is kind of why you're here. <laughs> right. I will that still I will still be cheering Roman Reigns as tired as I am. I, I will still, still if you want to fight me on that, hit me up. I will still be booing Roman Reigns until he turns heel. And then I'll still boo him, but because he's a heel. The best thing that'll ever happen for him is Vince will get tired of him and move on to someone else, but you might be right, yeah. I think the best thing is he still needs to turn heel. He needs that Rocky Maivia heel turn. I don't know what else they have left. They don't have anything at this left. Point. Anyway, that's a different story for a different day. That's it. This has been Behind the Gorilla. And as Jeff Hardy said, this is not goodbye forever. This is only goodbye for now. We'll we'll do we'll do one shot episodes at some point I'm sure we'll be able to over who knows who knows when who knows how long we don't much like wrestling itself the show never ends but ultimately it doesn't end permanently ever always keeps going so this is end of season one behind the gorilla it's been a lot of fun 13 episodes 13 weeks of uh, coming up with crazy stuff and getting to talk about it. So thank you guys very much, and we'll talk to you again in the near future. Mm-hmm.